on my old computer, I literally had it bookmarked on my like bookmark bar so I could just look at it. And then I don't know what happened, but like months later, I noticed this. and I was like, I don't remember why I did this. Okay, I want everyone listening to do something. Without looking at the show notes, because that is cheating, write down what you think Allegra Frank is talking about there. Later in the show, when you hear that clip again, look at your prediction, because it will be wrong. Anyway, it's Allegra Frank, today on Follow Friday. Today is a good day to meet some new friends. Everyone make a way. The show is a buffet, of folks you should know. I'm Eric Johnson. Welcome to Follow Friday, a podcast about who you should follow online. Every week, I talk to internet creators about who they follow. These creators have great taste, and they will be our guides to the best people on the internet who we should be following, too. Today on the show is Allegra Frank, a senior editor at Slate and a former reporter and editor for Vox.com and Polygon. She's also the co-host of a podcast called Awe, Would You Look at the Time, along with Andrew Marino. You can find her on Twitter at LegsFrank, and you can follow along with us today. Every person Allegra recommends will be linked in the show notes and in the transcript at followfridaypodcast.com. Allegra, welcome to Follow Friday. Hi, Eric. Thanks for having me. So nice to have you here. So nice to see you again. We are recording this two days after the 2021 Oscars. We were originally going to tape yesterday, but you cover the Oscars for Slate and we're like, I'm going to need a little break just to recuperate after after that. So without making you rehash the entire evening, let's just do the short version. Worst part of this year's show and best part of this year's show. Well, let me first say I did not recuperate at all because I have been an (laughs) insomniac, so I'm still exhausted, but I'm happy to be here with you. Worst part of this year's very bad show, uh, the ending. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't feel weird about spoiling it. Yeah, you watched it. It's not a spoiler. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. (laughs) No one is like watching this on a tape delay. It's the freaking Oscars. Yeah, so basically, usually they end with Best Picture, but this year, the producers decided to uh, go out on a limb and end with the final two acting categories, Best Actor and Best Actress, thinking that that might entice people to keep watching to the end, which doesn't make a ton of sense. But it seemed like they were uh, banking on Chadwick Boseman to win Best Actor. You know, he died last year. It was incredibly sad. And... They, um, it seemed like they were setting up to have this really big emotional denouement where his widow, you know, comes out and gives a beautiful speech, etc. So it really seemed like they were setting that up and Chadwick Boseman was the front runner. But then he didn't win. Anthony Hopkins won instead, who, as far as I know, very deserved. But Anthony Hopkins wasn't there. So a very awkward Joaquin Phoenix just had to <laughs> abruptly say, the Academy will accept the award. Good night. And then just ends. I saw someone describe Joaquin Phoenix as like substitute social studies teacher energy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly that. Just like you could tell sweating through his suit, does not want to be there, is terrified of everyone. And oh, it was so brutally awkward. And they don't have a host anymore ever. So it's not like they could throw to the host. To it couldn't be like the, the La La Land Moonlight year where Jimmy Kimmel can just try and paper over like, wow, that was weird. Anyway, good night. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> exactly. It was just like, all right, bye, everybody. Local news time. So everyone's just kind of sitting there stunned. Uh, it was the worst. It was hilarious. And what about the best part of the Oscars? I mean, I, I really liked Daniel Kaluuya's speech, which was this very long-winded thing when he won Best Supporting Actor for Judas and the Black Messiah, which he was great in. But they didn't cut anyone off this year for speeches. So he was kind of rambling after, you know, talking about how the Black Panthers were so influential. And then he was like, but anyway, we're going to turn up tonight. I mean, look at this. My mom and my dad had sex and now I'm here. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and they cut to his mom and his sister, who he brought with him in the audience. And his mom is mouthing like, what are you talking about? And they're both so mad. Oh, it's so it was beautiful. It was so funny. I, I love it when actors like show up to the award shows and they've clearly already had a few of something. They're, they're, they're clearly mm-hmm. like, I'm starting this night off just, you know, the way I'm going out <laughs> win or lose. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was amazing. That's enough Oscars talk. Let's find out who Allegra Frank follows. It's Final Friday. Allegra, before the show, I gave you a list of categories, and I asked you to tell me some people you follow who fit in those categories. Your first pick is in the category, Someone Who Makes You Laugh, and you said Ray Sipe, who is on Twitter at Ray Sipe, which is spelled R-A-Y-S-I-P-E. He's also on a bunch of other platforms, but I'm only including this sentence so that I can share his YouTube username, which is Raysipe Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> so I had never heard of Ray or the videos he posts online, but after about 30 seconds of looking at his Twitter, I think I am obsessed with him. So explain what Ray does and why he makes you laugh. <laughs> so Raysipe is this older man, uh, a retiree. He lives in Florida, as many older men do. And he's been, as you said, on a very varied set of social media for several years now. I mean, maybe like could be a decade. It's been a very long time. I only was introduced to him actually by Andrew a few years ago. And Ray Sipe, basically he posts TikTok length videos. I mean, even on Tumblr, Twitter, YouTube, you know, like very short videos using bizarre filters or wearing weird wigs or just making strange voices. And he loves Lady Gaga. Yes. His first, he started out, you know, making little Lady Gaga fan videos where he would just say, you know, something like, Lady Gaga is amazing. Like, basically a video of his would be him saying a thing and then maybe (laughs) vamping a little bit and that's it, you know, like for 12 seconds. Very short videos. Yes, very short. And it's just so funny and jarring because it's this old white dude, wrinkly, weird guy. And I chose to share his Twitter in particular because he still posts those clips of him you know, saying JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is he (laughs) does a lot. Like in random outfits, he'll just say JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, which is an anime, or like Naruto, like just random different things, either things that are trendy or things that are very uh, geeky, fandom Mm -hmm. popular. But on Twitter, he also will like retweet or share random things. Um, So something he does is, he like, I guess his iHeartRadio account is linked to his Twitter. So it'll just like <laughs> randomly have, I like this song on iHeartRadio. And it's like 
some Demi Lovato song from three years ago or whatever. Like he connected it like a year or two ago, like years ago, and he just forgot that it was on one of those connections. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where it's like, who even uses iHeartRadio? Who links iHeartRadio to their Twitter? So I just love seeing him share little weird snapshots into his life. And it's just like, I don't know if there's something off about him. I don't know if his grandchildren are facilitating this. It all seems very sincere and um, self, self-driven. And that's what makes it so funny to me, is that there's just this old man who, you know, has no business on the internet by normal people's standards. And he's just posting basically yeah. it's just yeah he's just like <laughs> posting and is very good at it and it's like how do you know how to do this so well and there is no explanation there's no reasoning he never goes out of character quote unquote and i love it i hope he never stops he has way too much access to wigs and props i have to say like someone someone needs to take <laughs> away his credit card no but uh, his his most famous or his most popular video on youtube it's impossible to really capture the majesty of this video in words, so I'm just going to say everyone, I'll link to it in the show notes, everyone should go watch it, but it's him reenacting a scene from Shrek, uh, which is, of course, the internet's favorite movie to me. <laughs> it's incredible, because he's just like playing a clip of, I guess, himself reading Donkey's lines, and then he walks out into frame in poorly applied green makeup let's just generously call it that <laughs> to, to do the shrek part and it, it's just truly incredible i have to say this this is quite a discovery <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really amazing and i love that he's just so committed to sharing all of his content on like every social media platform so it doesn't matter where you are you will find ray Sype. yeah now have you ever heard of the ray cyclopedia cypmatica no, what? <laughs> this is, I found this by Googling for him. This is a fan wiki devoted entirely to Ray Sype, documenting all the different types of videos he makes and all the different pop culture references he has made. This is from his actual, the article, the Ray Sype article on the Cyclopedia Sypematica. <laughs> it says, it is believed he is an immortal who spans the cosmos of time and space as a divine entity, bringing the mortal worlds of the universe his signature brand of comedy and grace. Semicolon. This, however, is pure speculation. <laughs> I love that. I, 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 love I like, this I like person. the fact they had to clarify. To be to be fair, you know, it's just speculation. We don't really know if this is right. <laughs> I know. I've done some research into Ray. It's very hard. It's very hard to figure out his backstory. I've done some research. I'd rather not share my findings <laughs> in case I am correct, because I think that we should just let his mystique define him and not try and understand as badly as i want to it, it kind of reminded me of do you follow um gerald stratford no he's an older englishman who is obsessed with gardening and specifically with taking pictures and videos with very large vegetables oh that guy yeah, yeah he's the one <laughs> and he ends every tweet by saying cheers um it, it's, it's the <laughs> cutest thing in on the internet uh, extremely positive extremely wholesome but i kind of feel like he and ray must be like long lost like they're they're kindred spirits for, from from across the atlantic <laughs> oh i would totally i would totally ship them if i felt like, that was not a weird thing to do with two old men. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was Ray Sype, who is on Twitter, at Ray Sype. It's Final Friday. 
Let's move on to Allegra's next follow. I asked you for someone you don't know but want to be your friend, and you said Grace Freud, who is the co-host of the podcast Competitive Literature. She is on Twitter at Grace G. Freud, and Freud is spelled F-R-E-U-D. So talk about Grace and why you want her to be your friend. Yeah, so Grace is this, you know, 20-something very funny comedian and, you know, comedy writer. I discovered her on Twitter around, it was before the election last year. Oh, you know, and I think it was around the DNC because she had this really funny sketch. She posts like sketch videos sometimes where she was like begging someone for a ride home from the, uh, DNC or the debate. And it was just this very funny, dry sketch where she's like begging for a ride home. Hello, and welcome to the final speech of 2020's Democratic National Convention. The DNC has allowed me to give these closing remarks because I need a ride home. I'm the only person who showed up in Milwaukee. I do not read the news and only found out about the pandemic two days ago. Please, if anyone in Milwaukee is watching, I need a ride home from your city to Denver, Colorado. And I found it just so hilarious and endearing. And I was like, this is like my friend's sense of humor. And I went and I obviously stalked her after that. And, you know, we're like the same age. We have a lot in common, like similar music taste and TV taste. You know, she's into cartoons. She's writing for the Rick and Morty comics now. And she's written for Clickhole in the past. So I was just like, oh, she seems so cool and funny. Like, I would love to hang out with like you know, an up and coming comedian like her who is of my age group and seems pretty genuine. You know, she's not just posting like Ray, <laughs> like Ray say, <laughs> she's not just posting posts all the time. Right. She's also talking about the hardships of breaking into this industry, the comedy or writing industry. And she talks about, you know, being trans and LGBT issues so she seems like a, a genuine person, like a multifaceted person. So following her, it's definitely I followed her first for the comedy, but now I just kind of enjoy getting these updates on her life. And I was very happy when she announced that she got this gig writing for the Rick and Morty comics. That's really great, yeah. Yeah, I mean, in this very short amount of time, I just have felt this weird, like, kindred excitement for her and we follow each other on twitter like she very graciously followed me back <laughs> and uh yeah i was just like oh wow but i've never you know i've never reached out or anything like that because i i feel like if i want to be legitimately friends with a person which is what I want in this case. Like, I don't know how to broker that on Twitter, right? Like, <laughs> I can't just say, hey, you know, I think you're really funny and cool. And then it becomes a genuine connection. Like, of course I could do that. Of course I could do that. But I always feel weird about it. So I just kind of am like, I like following you. And I would say I'm a fan, but I rather would just like be your friend and like just have regular conversations with you, you know what I mean? Like, there are definitely some people where I'm like, I just want to have fanish conversations, like a celebrity, but this is not a celebrity. This is just a very funny person online, if that if that makes sense. Yeah, because if someone comes to you and says like, you know, oh, I, I love your work, or I think you're so funny, I guess you're supposed to go like, thank you. Yeah. S speaking of segues to other topics, like it's, it's I think it's very awkward for the for the person you're talking to in that in that circumstance to to like 
progress the relationship beyond like so what do you also like <laughs> yeah but yeah no uh, grace did this video one, one of the sketches you mentioned she did this video last year they, they cracked me up where she's calculating the number of gay people in the world and she does a, <laughs> a, a, an unscientific survey of her friends and decides that the a person everyone on average knows 165 gay people <laughs> and so uh, i'm gonna splice in a clip here of what happens next so, if the average person knows 165.25 gay people, and there are currently 7.6 billion people on Earth, that means there are about 1,256,000,000,000 gay people. Too much? Not enough? I don't know. But I am happy that I finally figured out how many gay people there are. Oh my god. Uh, Yeah, see, like, that's, it's just like a funny sketch. But coupled with the rest of her social media, I'm just like, you also seem like a normal person who is just talented and very funny. Yeah. This is something that's come up a a couple times in the show, is when you have someone like Grace, just really funny, really talented person, but who's also from a minority group that's been, you know, marginalized, been oppressed over, over time, and, like, how are they, like, walking that line of being funny, but also talking about, like, hey, here's some serious shit that's happening to people like me, and Grace does, like, a really good job of this, like, I was looking at her tweets, and yesterday... In between jokes and talking about her stand-up sets, she's talking about what Republicans are trying to do to oppress trans people, and it just like saying like, "Hey, if you you know know any trans people, cut us a break. This is awful right now." I'm really, as, as, to your point earlier, I'm really impressed with the way she's able to comport herself and and to do both those things so well, where she's communicating clearly her experience while also being incredibly funny. I mean, that that is, that's, it's, it's so hard to do well. Absolutely, because I feel like, you know, people tend to lean in one of those directions because it's sort of easier to, quote unquote, market yourself that way, because ultimately Twitter is like a self-indulgent and often self-promotional mm-hmm. platform. So I think about this too of like, oh, is this the kind of thing my audience, as in my followers, are going to be interested in reading? But that shouldn't dictate my content, like in the ideal world, it shouldn't dictate my content. And I feel like Grace is someone who says that, you know, like what I believe in and what I'm thinking about and what I care about. That's what I'm going to share and what people are following me for and the videos that get the most likes or the tweets that get the most retweets. That shouldn't dictate what I am using my online presence for. Exactly. Yeah, she can have the the really popular, really funny video, but that's not the the entirety of who she is, for sure. Yeah. Before we get to the break, I want to mention a nonprofit that Grace had listed in her Twitter bio. It's called Trans Lifeline, and they're at translifeline.org. They provide emotional and financial support to trans people in crisis. I'm going to be donating to support them. I encourage you all listening to this to do the same. So one more time, they are at translifeline.org. That was Grace Freud, who is on Twitter at Grace G. Freud. We're going to take a quick break now, but we'll be back in a minute with Allegra Frank. This episode and every episode of Follow Friday are produced by Bumblecast, which will help you achieve your podcasting goals, too. Whether you're looking to build a bigger following, connect with customers or employees, or just get your story out there, podcasts should be part of your plan. And even if you have no experience with podcasting, Bumblecast can help. 
You'll get personalized guidance and will learn the tricks that award-winning professionals use to start and grow successful audio shows. Check it out at bumblecast.fm. That's B-U-M-B-L-E-C-A-S-T dot F-M. It's Follow Friday. Welcome back to Follow Friday. Allegra Frank, I asked you to tell me about someone super talented who is still under the radar. And you said Julie Kwan, who is on Instagram at K-W-O-N underscore underscore Julie. So talk about what Julie does and why she's so impressive. It's so funny to like read that aloud when it has the underscores because yeah. the two underscores, it is important to have both of them included in there. <laughs> but of course, I just I just read it as Julie Kwan. Right. So I will preface this as uh, saying that Julie Kwan, I consider a friend. I have met her, I think, once actually in person, but we've mostly fostered our friendship through Instagram. So it's both that I am friends with her, but I think even if I was not, I would be a huge fan of her artwork. So she does a lot of, on her Instagram in particular, she does a lot of like colored pencil or pencil drawings of both funny things like sort of, you know, tongue in cheek, semi-autobiographical comics about what it's like to be you know, a an artist or a young millennial who is suffering from the struggles that all millennials are coming through. It's this sort of, I, I could call it anime tinge style with characters with big heads and big eyes, but that's not her only style. I mean, she will post something that's clearly, you know, a dashed off but very funny and still well done comic. And then the next post will be a beautiful fully colored drawing of, you know, I'm looking at one that is, she captioned it, some sort of magic fantasy space royalty. But it looks like it's pastels and it's this woman with like a beautiful headdress and all these colors um, on the dress. And, you know, so it's like she doesn't just stick to that kind of cartoony comic style that I see a lot of people, a lot of artists on Instagram uh, traffic in. And as much as I love that style, I love that Julie is someone who dabbles in so many different kinds of styles. Um, I like her, her coloring is so great. She's able to do these really realistic portraits of all kinds of people. She has a really diverse cast of characters in all of her art, which I also love to see, you know, it's not just self portraits or black and white drawings of the people in her life. She also you know, illustrates young black women and other children and adults of marginalized groups. And that's just something I love to see on my feed, you know, the diversity of her artwork. And she's also actually illustrated uh, two different young adult novels, Mm -hmm. or sorry, she's illustrated two different young adult picture books. So she also, you know, has some published work uh, from beyond just the Instagram page, which has been really cool to see. Um, There's one book that she uh, illustrated called The Fearless Flights of Hazel Ying Lee, which is this- I was going to mention this. Amazing. I was looking at the pictures on Instagram. Yeah. So, so cool to see her post about that because it's exactly as I was saying, you know, this still something that feels very, it comports with the rest of her style, which is funny and smart and also not too self-serious. But also this is a biographical young adult picture book about the first female Asian American military pilot. So, you know, there's also just this gorgeous coloring and shading and 
she is trying to capture this historical figure in a really sensitive way. So, you know, it's like there's a talent, a level of talent that she displays that is above Again, what I often see on Instagram, and as much as I love it, like this flatter, cartoony, super cute style. Like, I just really respect people who are able to do so many different things with their art. It's what I think is the sign of a really masterful artist. Yeah, totally agree. I was I was obsessed just like diving deeper and deeper into her Instagram history. Um, just all the different styles she's doing, all the different projects she's taking on. Um, and I will say one of the other things that jumped out at me was, it, this is more generally in the, the, the simpler drawings you're referring to, but she has that, you know, this masterful ability to capture the expressions and poses and the things you wouldn't necessarily see in a photo or a painting of someone. So like, for example, her most recent post at the time of this recording is it's a series of drawings where she's giving her cat scratches and he is shoving his butt in her face. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so that, I mean, that's like a, you know, it's a pretty, pretty standard sort of Instagram comic, you know, format of just like, you know, reaction to a human and animal interacting. It's not quite like the, the, the most complex of what her, her work is, but the way she draws her own disgust is just hilarious to me. I mean, it's just one of these things where you you have to be really good um, to bring out this much emotion in a relatively simple figure. Um, it, yeah. Do you have a particular a, a favorite thing that she's done um, other, beyond what you mentioned? That one is really funny, the one you just described, uh, because there is this like mounting, it's a slideshow on Instagram, and it's like this mounting level of disgust in the characters, her, her own face. Um, that is just so so beautifully conveyed. There is one that I really like, and I'll send you the link, but I'll describe it now. Oh, wow. So as I was saying, you know, something I really appreciate is that she doesn't just draw characters who are herself, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So this is a, it's a a young black girl with her hair in a bun, you know, like a little puff on her head, kind of like how I'm wearing my hair right now. And she is following her cat outside and she's in front of this really beautiful pink building and a white fence. Like the colors are really striking. There's very bright, differently colored, differently shaded, uh, green leaves and just the coloring the texture of it I mean from the hair to the skin to the cat's fur I I just really my eye has always been drawn to this one in terms of like when I do just kind of scroll through Julie's Instagram whenever she posts a story or whatever and then I'm just like let me go look at her art again this is the one I kind of just look at both for its very striking colors and then also seeing an artist draw, you know, a young black woman and be attentive to the details that define what we look like and how that differs from other kinds of people. I just, you know, that's something that feels too rare from artists who draw in this kind of style in particular. It's somewhere in between the kind of cartoonier style and the more realistic style that she often can do very well. So I really like this picture. I I don't think it has a name, but it's from 2020. May yeah, 2020 it, on her it, it, it's incredible, and I, I will link to it in the transcript uh, of the of the podcast uh, on the website. 
I also want to call out shifting gears to to a very different sort of sort of post. I want to call out the only Instagram story that she has saved to her profile. This is from <laughs> a couple years ago, and it's a series where she discovers a bunch of packets of almond butter in the street, and she decides to take them home and try one. <laughs> um, it, it's it's hard to explain why this is so funny, but uh, it is. It's it, just just look look, look at uh, you know her her Instagram story. It's underneath her her. Body it just says nut butter and <laughs> it's it's just a, a great little slice of life it's a it's a fascinating tale with, uh, <laughs> thrilling her adventure. experience with nut butter yes <laughs> well that was julie kwan who is on instagram at kwon underscore underscore julie it's final friday we have time for one more follow today. Allegra, this was a weird one. I asked you for someone who has stopped posting but needs to come back, and you said George Ice Cube, who is on Twitter at G-E-O-R-G-E Ice Cube 1. So before we get into this Twitter, uh, we should acknowledge that George Ice Cube is a actual video game character in the Banjo-Kazooie video games. <laughs> um <laughs> What should we talk about the actual George Ice Cube or should we just go straight into the Twitter? What do you think? <laughs> Maybe we should talk about the actual George Ice Cube, I guess. George Ice Cube is like a small, non playable character from the sequel to Banjo Kazooie, which actually is the first video game I ever played Whoa. on a console. So I have a fondness for Banjo-Kazooie, although I never played its sequel, which is the one that George Ice Cube is in, <laughs> which is called Banjo-Tooie. And he's just like a sentient giant ice cube. Like I'm looking at the Banjo-Kazooie fandom wiki and it says he is a giant but friendly chinker, which sounds really offensive, but that's, I guess, what the ice cube creatures are called. Sure, He's a giant but friendly ice cube, let's say that, who is prone to terrible and usually near-death accidents. He is usually seen in conjunction with his beloved wife, Mildred Ice Cube, <laughs> which I love. I love this bio. Mildred Ice Cube. <laughs> George and Mildred. So, yeah, so, okay, with that in mind, with this important lore uh, established, what what is this Twitter account, George Ice Cube on Twitter? Uh, could you explain this to the best of your ability? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So George Ice Cube on Twitter only has forty five followers. I should say, by the way, you're one of them. Yes, I'm one of them, uh, and they followed me back, which I was so flattered. Um, the last time they tweeted was September 2019. The account started in. You know, the summer of 2018, they posted a little bit that summer, then went away for a year, came back the following summer, and that's it. So they literally have not been posting since, you know, summer 2019 at this point. And the way I found this account, I continue to ask myself, because on my old computer, I literally had it bookmarked on my like bookmark bar so I could just look at it. And then I don't know what happened, but like months later I noticed this and I was like, I don't remember why I did this, but I retweeted them once. Maybe I, maybe it just came up cause someone I followed retweeted them or something, but they tweeted on June 11th, 2018. Happy Monday, you cubicles. And I thought that was really funny, so I retweeted it. And from there, I went and I discovered this is someone who is 
like role playing on Twitter as George Ice Cube from Banjo Tooie. And so they just mostly posted about like, can Banjo Tooie be in Super Smash Brothers? Will they remake Banjo Tooie? I want a new Banjo game. But then at the same time, they'll do like hashtag where's Mildred because they're looking for their wife, Mildred. Feel free to slide in my DMs, hashtag can't find wife, hashtag want new cube. <laughs> so I just was like, someone, I barely knew who this character was, but because of this one random retweet, I just was like, what is happening? They are tweeting so much. They're going between like being very committed to this role play of like, I'm from Banjo Tooie and I want a new Banjo game to being like, need help for shopping, posts a poll and it's vote for shorts or jorts. So it's just like, this really bizarre role play of this ice cube. And I thought that was the funniest freaking thing. I love non, clearly I love like posty Twitter and social media accounts. And I was enthralled by this and because they don't tweet very much. I mean, okay. They tweeted a lot and then they just stopped for a long time. I've read their entire Twitter feed many times because <laughs> you can just do it so quickly. All of their tweets are so short. Half of them are pictures. They have a few retweets in there about where's Mildred. Have you seen Mildred? I need friends. And it just always makes me laugh. George hasn't tweeted since September, 2019. And I wonder, have they found Mildred? Are they okay with the fact that they'll never be in Super Smash Brothers and that there won't be another Banjo-Kazooie game anytime soon? I just constantly wonder about George the character and the person behind the account and why they stopped and why they even started. <laughs> this, this is just so delightful. And it also clears up uh, something I was wondering about, which is that uh, when I saw that you follow them and that it's a small account, I had half a mind to wonder, is this Allegra or is this is this someone <laughs> is this someone at Polygon role playing as George? But it sounds like, to the best of your knowledge, uh, that this is this is some just very enthusiastic Ice Cube role player, not not anyone that you know. It's not me, God, Eric. Imagine if I was like pitching my secret Finsta Twitter <laughs> on here, and it's just me role playing as George Ice Cube. I would that would be amazing. I have no idea who George Ice Cube is. I mean, I tell you, I barely remember how I found this account. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, one day noticed I had bookmarked it to my bookmarks and was like, why? And then just got obsessed with looking at it. So I have no clue who this is. No one I know, no one I know, one, knows about this account or two, finds this as funny as I do. Like I remember sending this to other people and they did not understand why I was obsessed with this. And I'm looking at George Ice Cube and he, they've only gotten two more followers since I followed. So, you know, not a huge following, definitely the most obscure person I follow on Twitter, and I think about them constantly. Well, uh, George, please come back and please uh, come in someplace cold. Summer is coming, George, and you can't, you can't take that risk. We want you back. <laughs> please. <laughs> that was George Ice Cube, who is on Twitter at George Ice Cube one Allegra, thank you for sharing your follows with us today. Uh, before we go, let's make sure listeners know how to find you online. Where do you want them to follow you? Definitely follow me on Twitter. I am at LegsFrank. I used to post, I used to shit post more than I do, but now I kind of keep it profesh. But it's either me retweeting work or yes, 
posting about, you know, the mice in my apartment or the weird things that my parents say to me um, or strangers on the street. And you should also check out the podcast that I do with (laughs) the podcast I do with Andrew Marino. Um, It's called Awe, Would You Look at the Time? You can follow that on Twitter too, which is A-W-Y-L-A-T-T, Awe, Would You Look at the Time? We also stream on Twitch sometimes um, under that same name. So those are generally where you can find me and where, uh, where I am somewhat active. Please don't try and find me on Instagram. I hate when people do that. Uh, same with Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> if you Google my name, it's always like Allegra Frank H, Allegra Frank Instagram. Bitch, no, you don't need to know how old I am and don't look for my Instagram. So yeah, just find me on, find me on Twitter and listen, <laughs> find me on Twitter and listen to the podcast. Oh, would you look at the time? <laughs> yes, uh, you can find me on Twitter at hey hey esj, and this show on Twitter or Instagram at follow Friday Pod. Don't bother looking for me on Instagram either, but I am ninety years old. <laughs> the most important thing you can do to support this show is to tell someone else about it, and of course, please follow or subscribe to this show in your favorite podcast app to get more Follow Friday every week. Follow Friday's theme music was written by me and performed by Yona Marie. Our show art was illustrated by Dodie Hermawan. Additional music by Purple Planet Music. That's all for this week. This is Eric Johnson reminding you to talk about people behind their backs. And when you do, say something nice. See you next Friday.